Hi, everyone. It's Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. I've had a question about ADHD, tinnitus, medications, and is this a catch-22 situation? So the question is, you know, does having or being an ADHD make me more susceptible to tinnitus? And do ADHD meds or antidepressant meds exacerbate tinnitus? So starting with the medication first, I think it's very important that you just know your own body and you understand yourself. And there's no real way to answer those questions until you try your medication. Um, so speaking with your doctor about it, uh, starting with small doses and just feeling in for yourself how your body's reacting to it. Everybody's different. Some people may experience exacerbation of symptoms and it's just absolutely intolerable and therefore medications are just not helpful. And other people might find it just magically really helps and shifts the brain waves to reduce symptoms. So everyone's different. So I think as far as medication goes, understand why you're using the medication and really feel for yourself the experience of it rather than just do what somebody else tells you or blindly try things. You'll get that information for yourself by trying it if you wish. Medication is always an option. And um, sometimes that can be a really useful support. And as far as I'm aware with ADHD medications is you can actually dip in and use them one day and not the next. So it's almost like having a tool in your pantry cupboard that you draw upon as you wish and when you wish based on your workload for that day. So that's the first bit. And, you know, what is ADHD and does it make somebody more susceptible to chronic symptoms? I want to say my it's probably a yes and no answer. I feel like when people have um, experience or, or, or are an ADHD, that's just how their brain is wired. We have, there are pros and cons to that, strengths and challenges. As far as I'm aware, ADHD people have much more hyperconnectivity and neural synapses in the default mode network, which is our dream thinking, imagination space, thought creations, innovations, building autobiographical and self-concept ideas. So ADHD people, when they're at rest and daydreaming, have access to lots and lots and lots of thoughts and ideas. And there's a lot of strengths involved in that as far as idea generation goes and creativity and imagination. But then there's other areas of the brain for the ADHD which are about motivation and action. And that part of the brain may have actually uh, less connectivity and less biological actions um, or less neurotransmitter, particularly dopamine, which is our feel-good pleasure reward uh, neurotransmitter. For ADHD of people, there's less dopamine actual as, as a substance created in the brain possibly less receptor sites and just a different dopamine system. So there are actual physiological changes. Um, so for some ADHD people, it can be tricky. Like they can get so caught up in their busy, th fast thoughts that actually generating action and motivation and feeling good about doing things in life can feel like a bit of a stumbling block. And there are lots of tricks around that. And if you're an adult ADHD, you've probably developed all your own tools and skills and tricks to help you get this far in life. 
But essentially, it's all about having intrinsic motivation and knowing those desired sensations you're looking for, feeling connected authentically to wanting to do something and feeling some of those feel-good, pleasurable, pleasurable sensations in your body as you're going about daily life. Because for ADHD of people, just thinking about a reward or a pleasuring thing in the future doesn't release dopamine. So it's more of a here and now pleasure. How can I generate pleasure in the here and now? Is it the feel of my jumper? You know, is it playing with the nerve endings in my hands? Is it immediate, immediately connecting to someone and sending a text or doing something in the here and now that feels and actually generates that dopamine reward? So what does this all mean for tinnitus? For ADHD and many neurodivergent brain types, it can impact how we organize and filter our attention. So part of that executive load and the part of the brain that's organizing how we take action, how we use information, that's taking in inputs, ideas, sounds, movement vibrations, emotions, and it's organizing what's relevant, what's not relevant, what's helpful, what's not helpful. And for the ADHD of brain, I've had it explained by um, Dr. Michelle Livock, who's a clinical neuropsychologist, as like an admin desk. It's like, if you know, if you think about that's the role of this part of the brain for every human being. And for ADHD, is that can be a really disorganized admin desk where things are getting lost, things are falling off or accumulating. And part of the brain's job in that area is to understand, is this helpful, relevant, useful, productive, or is it really irrelevant, unhelpful, not important, not meaningful? And the brain can get a bit confused between those two categories. So sometimes the brain will be letting in tinnitus sounds and very much emphasizing them when actually it would have probably been a better choice for the executive brain to say that tinnitus sound is unhelpful, irrelevant, not useful, and just keep filtering it away and moving it off the executive load administration desk. Having said this, lots and lots of neurotypical people who do not experience any form of um, neurodivergence or live with, have a neurodivergent brain also experience chronic tinnitus and annoyance with tinnitus. So really it's something that all humans are susceptible to. And I'm really hesitant to say it's um, sort of more difficult for neurodivergent people because I think there's also strengths to a neurodivergent brain in that once we do hyperfixate or develop a special interest in something, which for many of my Rocksteady community members will be, they start to become obsessively interested in their health and the way the brain and body work. And then they have all of this intense motivation and attention to focus on understanding themselves and getting to know their desired sensations and learning how to rewire their brain develop new sensory pathways and just get that dopamine reward by learning, by feeling, by practicing. So for non-neurodivergent people who don't necessarily have that shift setting capacity in their brain, it can be a real chore to learn about neuroplasticity and to do the practices. And there can be potentially a few stumbling blocks for them in terms of um, feeling that they even want to engage in it. So I think the trick for a neurodivergent person or ADHD is to find ways to make this your special interest. Obviously not the tinnitus itself, and I explain that in detail in my book. 
if we focus on the tinnitus and getting rid of it, the brain just keeps re-emphasizing the importance of the tinnitus and making it louder and allocating more neural resource there. So we get more neural synapsing and more firing of all the tinnitus neural pathways. So I do not recommend buying hearing aids. I do not recommend buying maskers because all of that reinforces the importance of the tinnitus. So what we want to do is to really slow down, pull back, meditate, get really clear about what authentically motivates me here. I've got this situation. I've got my brain and body. I've got some sounds that are coming in and really distressing or distracting. What authentically interests me in this process? And that's where we want to start moving towards the new neural pathways that we're building, the desired sensations. We want to actually help the administration desk of our executive brain function to organize itself. And in the Rocksteady program, we use a lot of body scanning features and skills and tools and practices and thought um, written exercises to help organize the brain and to give that admin desk relief and support. So I hope that's answered questions, but there are a lot of strengths to having to being an ADHDer. Um, there's also a huge amount of overlap with autism to the point that it could be as many as 70% of ADHD people also have an autistic brain. And um, same goes for autistic people having an ADHD brain. And the way those two um, manifest changes. So people function in the world so differently, even though they may both be autistic ADHD or either or one or the other. So it's just really important to, I think, hold recommendations lightly, you know, read textbooks or do your research. But at the end of the day, you have your brain and your body. And however that is manifesting through you in your experience, that's the reality. And that's what we're working with. So if you'd like to try medications, go ahead and try it and honestly reflect on if it's helping you. And if it's not, try something else. I do recommend something like the Rocksteady program to help with being authentic, living more in the body, understanding what you're sensing and feeling and how you can take control back and focus on refining those attentional skills and being able to place your attention where you want it more often. And also releasing that load, that executive load, which is all the disorganization within our inner world, which can be extremely debilitating and overwhelming. Um, and to some extent, I really uh, relate to that feeling of just way too much internal clutter and I need I, I actually need to go in and, and organize it for myself so that I can sleep well, think more clearly and actually feel lighter in my physical body. And all of that is a process within the Rocksteady community and program. So I hope this has been useful. It's a little bye for now and keep the questions coming. I'm really enjoying engaging in this uh, conversation more deeply. To learn more about me, visit seekingbalance.com.au. Bye for now.